Um, all right, the injuries for today, Eric Armstead, uh, foot knee won't practice, Dwelly ankle won't practice, Hargrave hamstring won't practice, Orrin Burks knee won't practice, Elijah Mitchell knee won't practice, Juwan Jennings concussion won't practice, uh, Cleveland Farrell ankle will be limited. Uh, that's it. Sense of maybe the game status for Armstead and Hargrave? Nope. I don't. How is Juwan moving through the concussion protocol? Um, he's in the protocol. Uh, what's the thing that stood out to you when you started looking at the Ravens defense and, and what they do to kind of put you guys in, in situations? Um, I mean, you look at the, the numbers, are usually the first thing you see, and you see how great their numbers are. Then you turn on the tape, and it looks just like their numbers. I mean, they're really good against the run, really good against the pass, extremely sound coverages. Um, they know how to get after it with pressures. They know how to get after it with front four. So uh, really good defense. From Kyle Hamilton specifically, the versatility and the way they can use him in different spots? Um, I mean, just knowing the talent coming out of college and now um, watching him in their scheme and just seeing how good of a football player he is. Anytime you're that long and you can run, um, gives you a bunch of advantages, but he also fits into their mentality with how physical he plays and um, has the size to do a lot of things, but also has the feet and length to cover. It's been a while since you've seen Lamar, but uh, maybe a different scheme. It seems like they're using a little different ways. How has he maybe evolved in, in what they're trying to do with him now? Um, I mean, it was a while since we played against him, but seen him over the years. I mean, it's still the same run scheme. Looks very similar. Um, I think they just mix in a few more more passes, more drop back plays and things. And I think he's always been good at that stuff. So he really is good at whatever they decide to do. Um, it's he's a problem, whatever. So. Prepare for Lamar in practice. Who plays him? Um, we'll have both of our quarterbacks, so they'll try their best. Is there anything, <laughs> is there anything that jumps uh, out to you about what Debo's uh, been able to do last month, or, or since he's come back from the shoulder, that kind of just explains why he's been so consistent? Um, just that he's come back and gotten healthy. Um, when Debo's out there and can string together practices and weeks, it's a matter of time for the ball comes his way. I mean, nothing in particular that's been different than usual. I just think he's strung together a few more healthy weeks. And sometimes, I mean, I think I said earlier in the year that he had some of the best games the first couple of weeks, even at Pittsburgh, and the ball didn't just go that way. And then he had some setbacks with his injuries, but he's been good here for a while, and um, it's came his way. Yeah, their receivers, they have four pretty good receivers. What stands out about their receivers and is there any pattern to the usage? Is there one guy that you would consider their number one receiver? Um, I mean, you always got respect for Odell and what he's done, and um, but the young guy's real good too. So, I mean, they, they got a number of guys. He, you know, they're not going to force it to anyone. Um, Lamar makes the right decisions. They got guys who are real good in man-to-man. -man. They're really good after the catch. So, I'd say they just have a solid group overall. In case Chris Conley has to play uh, on Monday, um, I think he ran a four three five back in 2015. Is he still? Does he still have that uh, level of speed at, at this point in his career? Uh, I think it's like a four three six now. You know, depends. You know, I, I you know he's got it. You know, we see it out there all the time. You know, Chris is. Um, it's not just his speed though. Chris has been a real good football player for us, and he's been ready to go anytime we've um, had him up. And uh, we'll see how it is this week. There's speed and athleticism. Do they ask the same things of Rokon Smith and Patrick Queen as you guys do from Warner and Greenlaw? Uh, similar. I think they're that's those are the two guys who jump off the tape, and I think they're the most comparable to our guys that I've seen this year and a couple of years. Uh, to me, those two guys make the defense go. Um, 
They're, they're big, they can run, and they can hit. And not just because they're big, because their intentions are that way. Uh, you can tell they like playing football. They're very smart players, too. They're good in coverage. They're two of the better zone droppers in the league and two of the better man-to-man guys also. So um, they're as good as it gets. What's difficult about facing a defense that has two elite linebackers? Uh, just how much room they can cover. Um, that's what allows them to be so good in zone, just how good those guys are on the inside, how much field they can take between the numbers, takes the pressure off their corners who can stay on top and take away the explosives. Um, to me, that's one of the reasons they lead the league in sacks because of how good their coverage is with a bunch of good guys up front. Um, just allows them to do what they want. How much of their sacks are generated individually uh, as opposed to scheme and just confusion? Uh, I think more is... Um, individually and just sound good coverages. It's um, you know they they got they usually have four guys who can rush it. They'll blitz and do that stuff too. Um, they'll mix up throughout the game, so it challenges all your protections. But uh, the hardest thing is how it is to get people open. Um, they're when they have seven in coverage, um, they're very sound. They don't mess up much and make you go to two, make you go to number three, and uh, they have all the rushers who can get there by that time. From that standpoint, is this kind of a Big game for Brock as far as being challenged, shoulders up? Uh, I think it's a big game for everybody because there's not just one way in particular. I mean, you think, you know, they lead the league in sacks, so you right away you think about our O-line. Um, and that is true because they have good pass rushers. Um, but also that has a lot to do with how good our receivers do, get into their spots and get an open. Brock to get in the right spots. Guys not getting rerouted so they can't get there in time. So when you play a sound, good defense with good players all over, it's a little bit of everything. Um, not real familiar. We just worked out a bunch of guys yesterday. Um, I know our guys really liked him um, from what they've seen on him earlier and definitely loved him in the workout. So we're low on numbers, so we had to get him part of this practice squad, and we'll see how he looks this week. What do you feel like the interior defensive line did in the game? Uh, I mean, it was a huge challenge for him. I thought, you know, uh, we struggled, obviously, in stats. I don't think it was at all all on them. Um, losing Kalia during the game really um, hurt because we just tired out a lot. Um, but I think we'll be better this week. As it relates to wide receivers and run blocking, I realize your dad's not like coaching in high school or, or whatever, but I mean, is that something like... You say he's coaching high school? No, I, re- I said I realize he's not like your high school coach. Oh, gotcha. Whatever, but, um, I was like, I don't yeah, think he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't read the wrong biography, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, would he, like, was that something you would talk, you would talk about with him? Like, it just seems like it's just as important to him as it is to you, like the importance of being an all-around receiver and blocking. Definitely. I mean, you also understand how important it is to football and how important it is to running the ball and how important it is to um, plays off the run. But no, that's why I could never play for myself or I would never play for him because even if I tried to block, I wasn't very good at it. So you can recognize that fast when you couldn't do it. I think they've been great. Um, I mean, when you look at our whole offense, um, just as far as running the ball and throwing the ball, you can't do that stuff without a good old line. Uh, you can't do that stuff without a good quarterback. You can't do that stuff without good players that he's throwing to. So um, the success of um, us throughout the year so far, uh, there's not one group that is, to me, isn't playing at a high level. Again, three uh, young guys who all got time at the end of the Arizona game, Luter, Luters, and they all were flying around. What is your guys' evaluation of how they've come on this year as rookies? Um, 
I mean, that stuff's huge when you can get those guys playing time. Um, you know, it's those guys have come on strong because they've been ready to go. They've been working. I'm very similar to how I um, talked about Jair, but you never know when they're going to get thrown in the heat of the battle. And sometimes when you go out there, you got to learn um, by failing. And so when those guys can get into these games, especially at the end of games, and it's happened a couple times throughout the year, looter later, but um, guys like D and stuff, um, they get a lot of experience. Each time they do it, they seem better. And, um, you know, hopefully they don't have to do it too much until um, the future. But if that comes up, which it could come up any day, uh, those guys got a little bit more experience now, and they're getting better each week. There's a funny clip of Christian McCaffrey on Monday Night Football with the Mannings about how he flopped. And I don't know if you've seen it, but the fact that he was willing to go to the extra mile to kind of try and get a, a penalty called for them, do you see that often? And uh, um, I mean, I didn't see the Manning cast. But if, are they talking about when he flopped first Philly? Yeah. I saw that, and I thought that's like the only thing he didn't do very well this year. <laughs> it wasn't the best flop. You got to be a little. It can't be so obvious. So. Better. Um, no, not really. Um, but yeah, you you want guys to do that. You're not allowed to touch guys after the play. So sometimes guys can't see it because it happens so fast. But they can see a reaction. But you don't want it to turn into the NBA too fast. There's a lot of debate about whether Purdy or McCaffrey should be the MVP. As a former D1 wide receiver yourself, does it bother you that, that a wideout has won the award? Like, that a wideout hasn't? No. I mean, not because of my lame history as a player. <laughs> um, it's I, I don't even, I mean I don't even want to talk about the award because there's just a lose lose and whatever the award is, but it doesn't bother me. It just you start to adjust to it and you look at it and it does seem like it's more quarterbacks. Doesn't mean that a wide receiver can't. Doesn't mean a running back can't. Um, doesn't mean a D lineman can't. Um, if one person voted on it, then they might do it that way. But collectively, um, I don't know. I don't even know who votes. So uh, you hope they get it right. But, you know, it doesn't matter that much to some people. Are you, are you, I mean, in 2021, much has been written about how he had to do this and do that to earn your trust, more playing time. How much of that was tied to run blocking? Um, not much. I mean, it was just tied to just consistency of the game. Um, I can't believe how long that stuck because every three weeks I got to talk about how far he's come since then, which I think is kind of an insult to him. So that's why I don't like always getting it repeated. Um, I got to play in the COVID year. He had no off season. We lost like three receivers that year and he really never came off the field. Didn't get an off season the next year. And um, he was a little behind in training camp. And Trent Sherfield was here that year and he was a veteran who was ready for training camp. And so we went into the first game and that was how training camp went. And the other guy was just more consistent at that time. It didn't mean BA wasn't doing it didn't yeah, he had to do some things to get more consistent to be ahead of Trent at the time. But that wasn't like he was in the doghouse or had to have this whole epiphany. He just that's what football is. You don't always you're not always ready to go as a as a rookie. Sometimes you get thrown in there anyways. That can be good and it can be bad. Um, but that's why a lot of people have rookie slumps. Sometimes they, you learn from failing and sometimes they don't realize, man, I played my whole time as a rookie. That was pretty good. Yeah, it was, but you got to be better than the guy behind you at all times, not just potential-wise. And um, I think came to camp a little off, and that's what happened. And I think he corrected that about halfway through the second game. So it's been really good since then. Mm -hmm. Do you grade guys like that on a curve because they're like 130 pounds? Um, 
yeah, but it's, it's all about Taylor was also the pound for pound strongest guy on the team. He was the only guy who weighed 160 pounds who could bench 300. Like he was wired. Um, but yeah, there's size factors always. That's why you got to learn the type of track by the back, how to stay square, and have can't no one just goes out there and just manhandles a guy. You got to be tied to the guy behind you and how to set people up and stuff. And and also back then, um, when people were running at you straight over just to kill you, um, you were allowed to cut so they couldn't just tee off on you. Um, now you just got to stand up and take it, which isn't a problem either as long as you fall down and he falls down with you. If he's kicking your butt. He's not making the play, so you got to do one or the other. All right, guys.